You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, it's no secret that the most wonderful time of year can be a pretty stressful one, especially for those in church leadership. That's why I was really appreciative of Dr. Jim Dennison from the Dennison Forum, who wrote this article, How Pastors Can Redeem the Most Wonderful Time of Year. But the truth is, I think this is going to be relevant to all of us. To tell us more is the director, Mark Terman. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, good morning. Great to be with you today. So you have, uh, you work for the Dennison Forum now, but you have been a pastor for many years, and that means you have done many a Christmas season with your congregation. Um, Do you feel that burden that we're talking about today? Oh, absolutely. And uh, one of the reasons I love working with Dr. Dennison and working at the Dennison Forum is because I feel like he's reading my mail. Uh, After pastoring four churches over 35 years and doing Uh, 30 plus Christmas seasons and particularly Christmas Eve worship gatherings. Uh, I really relate to what he's talking about in this article and about this season. And as a pastor, it's an incredible honor, a great privilege to get to uh, help people focus on Christ as the real meaning of Christmas and to guide them into experiences of worship and of fellowship together. But it's also pretty taxing uh, on you individually and on your family. Yeah, he talked about feeling relief one year when it was all said and done. I think at some point we can kind of relate to just having big expectations for something and then being glad that it all went by and now it's in the rearview mirror. So he took some advice or some encouragement from Oswald Chambers, which, first of all, I'm so grateful that Oswald Chambers' wife was wise enough to put together a lot of these notes that created my utmost for his highest. Let's just talk about Oswald for a minute and the fact that we have this resource. Uh, it almost didn't come to be, did it? Yeah, it's really amazing story. I, I can imagine that if Oswald Chambers knew we were talking about him right now, he would just be laughing uh, to think that his life and his work as a pastor, as a preacher, and as a teacher would still be talked about uh, more than 100 years later. Uh, born in Scotland, Uh, in 1874, came to Christ through uh, the very well-known preaching of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was called the Prince of Preachers then and even now, and uh, never wrote a book, never apparently intended to leave a resource like what we have. Um, But his wife, after his uh, very premature death because of an erupted appendix, uh, she just decided to start writing some of his Uh, taking some of his notes from his sermons and from his class lectures and those kinds of things and form them into short devotional readings that is now become the most popular uh, devotional reading in the English language. Uh, I know many of us uh, recognize the the great uh, habit, the great rhythm of getting up in the morning or sometime during the day and spending some time with God, Uh, but no resource other than the Bible has been used as much probably at least in the Western world, as this work of Oswald Chambers' thoughts put together by his wife. And it's just an incredible story. You look at it and you go, well, only God could cause something like that to happen. Well, and I think one of the reasons is these three specific things that uh, Dr. Dennison is pointing out from readings just recently really do point to why it is that way, because he he doesn't let us veer either way. He keeps us concentrating and, and focused on Jesus through these readings. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the amazing things about 
reading these short devotionals. They're not very long. I mean, it may take three or four minutes, but Oswald Chambers has the ability and had the ability to say an enormous amount of truth in a very concise, uh, power-packed kind of way. He uses words in a profound way and helps us to think. And one of the things he does is he helps us to remember that Jesus and the cross are at the center of everything, and that includes Christmas. You know, I was talking to my older brother recently. He moved to Alabama this past year, and he was out looking at Christmas lights, and he called me and he said, I don't understand. In in this town, I don't see any nativity scenes. It's all white crosses and Christmas lights, and I've never seen that. Why is it? Well, somewhere in this community, somewhere someone started focusing on the the message behind Christmas, which is the message of Easter. And if we if we miss that, then Christmas just becomes a cute kind of uh, reminiscing. If we don't realize that the message of the cradle of, of Christ leads us to the cross, and without the cross, the cradle doesn't have any kind of significant meaning. Right. In the article, he says, we're reminded the true reason of the season that Jesus came to die, that we might live eternally. It's kind of, in, it's just an interesting paradox of how we get to live is through his death. Can you just talk a little bit more about that and that significance this time of year? Yeah, it's so important that uh, in the midst of getting uh, busy with all of the things that go with this season and gift-giving and sometimes hyper-consumerism, it's easy for us to get lost and to get enamored with those things, to get exhausted with those things in many ways. Um, but it's, it's so important that we realize that what Christmas is all about is, as Dr. Dennison notes in here, that uh, Jesus became one with us so that we might be one with him for all of eternity. God loved us so much that he did not want to spend eternity without us. And so Jesus came in order to not only approach us in such an innocent, non-threatening way, to come as a baby and to be one of us in every way, to be fully human as well as fully God, and to totally identify himself with us, and yet at the same time to be separate from us because he would never sin and he would become the perfect and pure sacrifice because he was sinless. Uh, I love the way Chambers writes about this, that he did not cut himself off from society, but he was inwardly disconnected all the time. Jesus is the perfect example of how to be in the world, but not to be of the world. And that's something that he wants us to experience as we keep our focus not only on the cross, but on the life that he is preparing for us when we are with him face to face in heaven. It's just a, an astounding way to think about Christmas and to look beyond the uh, immediate tyranny of the urgent details. Yeah, this article on the Denison Forum was written for church leaders, but as as an ambassador for Christ, I think it's good for all of us to kind of understand uh, these key points here. Uh, the conversation continues, though, about how as that leader, as an ambassador, sometimes we feel like it's all on our shoulders and we need to be pulled back and understand that if we are to make Christ known, whether it's in our workplace or in our community or at church, if we're to make Christ known, we need to know Christ. And sometimes that connection, although it seems simple, we lose it. Our minds just kind of go another direction, don't they? 
Yes, and it's certainly easy, especially for pastors and church leaders in our country. We are so focused on uh, on being individuals and working hard and doing all that we can. And that's a great thing in many ways. But we can certainly get to the place where we do think it's all on our shoulders. And if something significant and special uh, is going to happen in the Christmas season, if it's going to happen at one of our Christmas services, then it has to be because, you know, we're just super great at what we do, whether we're leading music or we're teaching children or we're actually preaching the sermon or some other kind of thing like that. And the reality is, is we have to come to the place to realize that this is God's work and that, yes, God wants to work through us and he will do that. But it is not about us working for God. It is about us working with God through the Holy Spirit. And that, yes, we should do our part to be prepared and to be ready to give an answer for the hope within us. But it is God working through us and we are his co-workers, the Bible says in, in the book of Corinthians. And there's, you know, every pastor will tell you there's no such thing as a finished sermon. Every musician will tell you there's no such thing as a perfectly rehearsed, ready to go song. You always feel like you could do a little more, work a little harder, put a little bit more into it. Uh, But at some point we have to step back and say, you know what, I've, I've done what I should do to prepare myself, but I'm going to serve out of the overflow of my relationship with Christ. Jesus uh, said in John 17, 3, just before he was arrested, that this is eternal life, that we know him and we know his father. And it is out of that relationship and out of the overflow of that relationship on a daily basis that we serve, no matter what season it is. And it well, kind of concludes here that every day, it, our focus doesn't need to be to try harder, but instead to yield more, to submit more to God's leading and his spirit. Can you give us some perspective on how to do that even today? Yeah, Paul David Tripp, the great writer and counselor, said that what most people hear when they come to church is, God is great, you're bad, try harder. And that's just not a very encouraging kind of experience when you think about it. Um, and it's really nuanced in some ways because uh, we do need to be focused and we do need to concentrate on our relationship with Christ. But we have to step back and realize that it is, as Paul says in Philippians, it is God that is, work, is working in us both to do and to will his goodwill in our lives. God is the one who is at, at work in our lives. And so it becomes an experience of relating to God, yes, through spiritual exercises and practices, that those things are important, but it is about getting to know Christ as a person not as an idea, but as a person, and then letting that relationship guide, inspire, and empower all that we are about, and that we can rest in the the love that God has for us, that we have been fully adopted and fully accepted by Christ, and that we are loved, not because we can, quote-unquote, perform this or that, but because God chooses to love us, and it is His nature to love us, And that's what gives us peace. That's what gives us the ability to rest and to rejoice, especially at Christmas time. You know, as we go through this busy season, I think many times we try to make things new or different or, you know, better than it was last year. And I think for many families, for our kids, they love the rhythm of 
the past. They love to repeat what they've done. And I think that's good for pastors also to understand that you don't have to come up with something new. Just repeat that same old story and we will love it again because it's the good news of Jesus. And we get to, as we hear it, we get to um, be encouraged and enlightened by it each and every year as we tell the story of that baby in the manger pointing to the cross. I think uh, the simplicity of it is the beauty of it. Yes, and that's the anchor point that we need. We we need so much the opportunity to connect with the anchor points of our life. We live in a world that changes and changes very rapidly all the time, but God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that doesn't mean he's boring. Uh, it means that there are anchor points that we need to go back to over and over again, and Christ, the message of Christmas in his coming, the miracle of his coming, that led to his perfect life and ultimately to his sacrifice on the cross. We need to come back to that story over and over and over again. And it's great that we live in a part of the world where we are free to do that, where we can celebrate Christmas and where we can come back to the person of Christ who has come to be our forgiving Savior. Well, this has been a helpful conversation for church leaders, but really for all of us as we gear our hearts to the real meaning of this season. The Denison Forum helping us to do that each and every day as they also discern the news differently. You can find a link to them at our website, ericandbridget.org. Dr. Mark Term, thank you so much for joining us and helping us prepare for this season. Hey, great to be with you and to you and all of our audience. Merry Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.